You're listening to Good Lad Unscripted with your host. <laughs> Welcome to Good Lad Unscripted Podcast. I'm Terry Goodlad. Today, Anna is absent. I'm giving her a breather. She's uh, watching the kids, doing her uh, woman's thing with the kids. Okay, that's a, that's a sexist joke. <laughs> I'm, just, I, I, I'm saying that for her benefit because she'll hear it and give me a smack in the shoulder. Uh, I have with me today a very, very good friend of mine, a gentleman by the name of Michael Healy. Now, if, if we were to have somebody sit and just the, the conversation we had before we, we did the podcast... They would realize that these two guys, me from Canada, you from down here, two different life paths, and we couldn't be more alike. It's like somebody did a, like we got, I don't know what happened, but we're <laughs> so many similarities, right? Oh, absolutely. We're, it's just incredible, the similarities and how we, just everything we talk about, we're both Christian brothers and yeah. our, our, our past with uh, martial arts and bodybuilding and all kinds of things are just amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, Michael, is uh, you're the owner of Platinum Physiques here out of Las Vegas. You train. Uh, now, this is how we met, is that uh, I was doing some stuff with an organization. We met. We sat down and talked. It was a great conversation. And you and I kind of became friends like that first day. There was a, a connection there. Uh, but you train athletes for bodybuilding shows, fitness and bodybuilding shows. Correct, yeah, I uh, own Platinum Physiques. It's the largest competition team in the state of Nevada. Um, I've been working with competitors. Uh, my very first competition was in 1987, and I trained my first female for competition in 1991. Uh, Platinum Physiques trains uh, uh, basically fitness competitors for mm -hmm. shows, men's bodybuilding, men's physique, fitness. Um, Do you have a preference, men or women? Well, you know, um, any large competition team is about 80% women. Um, so I, I love training both. Um, I just definitely train a lot more, a lot more ladies. Now, back in the days, back in the 80s and 90s, it wasn't so much women, was it? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, it originally was just uh, men's bodybuilding for quite a while, and then right. they started women's bodybuilding. That was very small. Right, right. Yeah. So do you enjoy working with the women more? You know, um, it's it's different. It's a different ball game. You know, when you're working with the ladies, um, you know, you have a, a little bit more of a psychological part. Uh, the, the men are just you know straightforward. Um, the ladies, you go through quite a few things with them. But I do love working with them because it just, you know, um, they're every single lady that I've ever met. They're they're very special in their own way, mm -hmm. and um, it's really neat to see how strong they get, um, you know, not only physically, but mentally through the process of training for a competition. Now, full disclosure here, I, I was also a coach for many, many years. I think I put my first athlete on stage. I think my first athlete was actually a powerlifter. And oh, then the second cool. was a national level male bodybuilder. But that was, gosh, Pretty close to the same time frame there. You know, it was in the 80s, right? Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, uh, mine would have been a little bit early. I think it was like 83 or something like that, but it was in the 80s. Um, and for me, I enjoyed working with the guys more because it was more straightforward. And uh, in the later years, it was working with exclusively women. But I mean, I worked with some Olympic athletes, Olympic biathlete, you know, the, the, the skiing and the shooting and, Correct. and uh, it was a pro baseball players, pro football players, pro hockey players, NHL hockey players did that kind of thing. Uh, I enjoyed the guys more. The women always got me stressed out. And ironically, <laughs> and I'm being honest here, ironically, I'm a photographer and I shoot almost exclusively women and it doesn't bother me. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I can tell you this. And, and, and this is the thing. Like, I watch what you do, and it just goes, I get anxiety, but you're just like, dude, you're just flourishing there. And you're so good. You're so good at it, you know? You know, I've had people ask me this before. You know, I, I train, I think, you know, 48 women right now, um, a lot of them for competition. And I'll train, say, six ladies at the same time. And they're like, how is it that you can navigate through that? Well, I can tell you the answer. I was raised by my mother. Okay. And my mother was an amazing, stable, straight Christian woman um, who, who just, you know, I had the most, utmost respect for. And um, I learned o- over a, a long period of time that no matter what the emotions are of men or women, um, that I stay very stable. So I don't rise with the emotions of what's going on with training, you know, say 12 ladies for the same competition gotcha. because it's, it's tough, but I stay very stable, very focused on the task and they see that they know that they can trust me. They know that I have their back. They know I, I have no motive except for to get them on stage. And actually the biggest thing is, is just to build them up and, and help them be, become a stronger person in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, for me, it was like, you know, you see those memes like the, like coach, you said I could have one piece of pizza and they're standing there, the pizza's the size of the table, right? right? It was stuff like that. It's like, okay, listen, it's like, it's logical. And, and I used to say, you know, well, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? You always get those questions, right? And it's usually on the weekend and it's the evening. Somebody wants, you know, they want to break their diet. And so they want your permission, right? And I would always say, and, and, like Elaine, I trained Elaine, I trained Anna, you know, for their shows. And well, can I do this? Yes, absolutely. You can do that. It's not a problem. When you get to the show and, and you know, your, your butt's hanging down to the back of your knees, just explain to the judges that, you know, you really, really had a craving to go out. They'll understand and they'll put you in first place. And that girl that should have won first place, they'll put her in fifth place where you were because, you know, you had a good reason. I'm sure they're very, under, judges are really understanding that way, you know? And, and so they, <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. You know, but I, 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 and, 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 and in photography, it's like, I'm a different guy. Like I'm very understanding. I got the patience at Job. I can go, you know, but, but with training people, it's just, yeah, it's definitely, I had a hard time with it. And I, and like I say, I watch you do, and it's just like, clearly that's your gift and it wasn't mine. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I know for, for me, I, I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy seeing the confidence that it builds. And then also, you know, when they win those competitions, it just, the way it makes them feel the, the mm-hmm. success that they have. Um, and like I said, it's just, for me, um, I guess it was just the way I was raised yeah. that I was able to, I was able, I have the, the patience to be able to go through that with them and, and just stay completely stable through, it, all, through all the craziness. And it's so <laughs> ironic to me because you're this, you know, you're this tough guy, you know, you, 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 you got the training business and that's what everybody knows. Anybody in Nevada knows, knows Michael Healy, right. And they know platinum physiques, but there's a whole other thing they don't necessarily know and that, you know, you're a bodyguard guy, not just a bodyguard, but you have a company and you, that's, that's personal protection is something that you do. And it's something that you're very, very good at, right? Yes. Uh, you know, I, I started doing personal protection at the age of 20. I, I started bouncing in bars at 21. Um, I worked for Barbara Streisand when I was 20 years old. Wow. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I, I, martial arts, I started when I was 15 years old. Um, I've, I'm extensively trained in different martial arts, many different martial arts. I have a couple of different black belts, one uh, first degree black belt. And then also just, I trained uh, paramilitary stuff with 
some uh, Navy SEAL guys and some British Special Forces guys. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, some pretty cool stuff. Um, pretty, I call it nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm writing a book right now um, on my life, and and it talks about these stories. Every one of the chapters is a story. Oh wow! Of what I went through and these different things, and um, you know, and and about. Uh, about maybe five years ago, well, 10 years ago now, I started you know, really just doing more training and not so much bodyguarding because I was tired. Right. Um, I was tired of doing personal protection. I still do it today, but it's just uh, specific clients that come into town that are a lot more low risk. I do some celebrities. Um, I've worked for over 25 celebrities in, in my life. Uh, but yeah, I definitely have a background of martial arts and fighting and bouncing in bars. I've been in hundreds of bar fights. Um, and uh, I've had dangerous, I've had guns and knives pulled on me. I've been caned. A lot of people don't know what that is. It's where they hit you with this. I've had <laughs> yeah. that happen. Yeah, uh, I was thrown in jail in Canada. Uh, I, I've had a lot of things happen. And, uh, you know, and so they, they only know this guy who's this, you know, meek and mild, just, you know, nice right. guy. That's a personal This friend. gentle guy that so yeah. has the patience with these women yeah. that I, I can't explain. Yeah. And, I, I, <laughs> you know, you say your mom raised you that way. I mean, I was raised by my mom and my, well, my grandmother. And, and yeah, I, I understand women, I think, better than most guys. But that patience thing is a whole other thing, dude. I think that's a gift. Oh, I, you, that's just a gift. Because when, when I watch you do it, there's 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 a line, right? Yeah, where sure. it's okay, you know, and, and you just manage them so well. I would always end up offending people. And I, and I, <laughs> because I just clearly, I just like, okay, I've crossed that line. I'm, I've had enough. Do you want to do this or not? Yeah. You know? And so I would deal with them like, like I would deal with a guy, you know, and that's probably my mistake. But the thing is, is it's not like I have no desire to do that anymore. I don't want to do it. Don't enjoy doing it. I do it if I have to, you know, like with Anna, I'll help Anna, you know, do anything like that. But I, I couldn't do what you do and you do it in such a volume and it's just a consistent everyday thing. I see you all, most days at the gym and never is there a time, no matter what's going on, that every one of those clients isn't treated like a queen like you treat them so well yet you're so strong and they and they all love you <laughs> well, thank you yeah it's, it's very uncanny so i think i think your mom probably had a big a uh, lot to do with it but i think probably god put that in you too because it's just unusual extremely yeah unusual. I, I give god all the credit you know I, um i every every soul every person every heart is so special um that i really try the best i can and you know i'm not perfect i i, I try the best i can even i trained uh seven ladies at the same time today. And I at least try to take just one minute with each one of them and just, you know, just, you know, during the training session and just really let them know, you know, like I care about mm-hmm. you in whatever way that is that, you know, you are cared about, you are special. Um, and, you know, just, just talking to them about certain things. Um, and that just keeps my heart in the right place mm-hmm. when it comes to the stress you know, because there is definitely a lot of stress that everybody goes through mm-hmm. and uh, you can, you, you can't take all that upon yourself. You just have to just try to love them through it and just help them through it, you know, in a, in a way that's, um, you know, I'm married. I, I love my wife to death. There's a different, different kind of love that you have mm-hmm. for, for the ladies that you work with. And by the way, I've trained probably well over 1500 ladies and I've never been with any of them yeah. in, in any other way, except for just personal training and see that's the thing that's one of those parallels like as a photographer to me it just never made sense i'm I'm creating art and creating a picture and i'm working with this person to do that you ruin 
everything wonderful about that once you cross that line and 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 it's just it's never been anything it's something that i yeah it's and and it's it's not that it's not available you know those years i worked in the fitness industry you know it's there's always going to be temptation there right sure, uh, there's always going to be somebody willing to have a, a relation with you but a relationship with you but it's just no it's not, you know i'm that's what I do. That's my art. That's my job. And that's the thing. There's a parallel there. What you do, how you approach training women is how I approach photographing women. Right. But I, I don't seem to have the capacity to do it when I'm training because <laughs> I just lose my patience. So yeah. I know God didn't put that in me. You know? Right. <laughs> I, you just know my limits. But, uh, yeah. but I want to talk a little bit about, uh, uh, okay, you started off when you were 20 as a bodyguard. Um, how did that progress to where it is today? Now you have a company and you have a bunch of guys working for you, right? Yeah. So are uh, you just exclusively in Vegas or? Yeah, we are, we actually have a license that we just, uh, we just applied for in Oregon and we have one that we're looking at in Utah um, and one in Arizona as well that we're, we're, um, we're growing with a, with a company that's growing in different, in different States. Um, to answer your question, what happened originally was I, I've always loved martial arts. I started when I was 15 years old, um, and I and I just fell into security, being a big, tall guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I started at 18 working for a guy. His name is David Katzenmeier. He owned a, a, an event company. So I got to work at some of the, like the Hollywood Palladium, and I was in L.A. at the time, and um, this is where I met some of the celebrities at the Hollywood mm-hmm. Palladium. Gotcha. At young age, 18, 19 years old. Um, and, and, uh, the Olympic auditorium, which is a big, a big place and, uh, like a, a really cool venue for boxing and concerts and in Los Angeles. So it was just basically event security is where I started. Uh, when I was 20 years old, uh, David Kassenmeyer said, Hey, we have a celebrity that we're working for and I want you to work directly with her. And that was Barbara Streisand. So at 21, when I started bouncing in bars, I, I got a job uh, working for a club, and the ge- general manager came up to me and said, "You're so good at what you do." And I was running the security at 21 and a half and wow. the, for the whole for the whole club, and um, he gave me the job to run the security. I designed the program for the the whole thing for the security where people should be and all that kind of stuff. And um, he said, "You should own your own company." Well, at the time, I'd already worked for Barbara Streisand. I worked for a couple others, uh, uh, Barbara Mandrell mm-hmm. and Diana Ross, and um, I'd done a little bit of work for them. And so I started uh, a security company at 22 in LA and, and started doing protection work for celebrities and also running nightclubs. That was my original company that I had. When we moved to Las Vegas, which has been 23 years ago now, I took the company with me started doing some stuff here, put out a bunch of information to, uh, to the casino hosts and things that I do protection work, and then started the company that I have now, which is now, Integrity Global Security. And that's the thing. I mean, there's, there's a reality here, and that is a lot of people don't travel with their own security or not the whole team. It's better to get somebody, and they're in and out of Vegas all the time, right? Correct. And so there's, uh, you're a pretty busy guy that way, aren't you? Yeah, and the security company originally was built for specifically for bodyguarding, um, and we do that still, and we've done a lot of protection work. And then we started picking up some accounts with different uh, different companies and um, the dispensaries and different things like that that um, that are big accounts that we. You know, there's a lot of general security out there. Our company is not general security. It, we charge, we pay our guys. About eight dollars an hour more than a general security company. Gotcha. I just did a uh, just did a study just yesterday. The average security 
guard security officer in Las Vegas makes $10.83 per hour. We start our guys at 17, you know, and then they go up to, you know, over $20 per hour, but we have to charge the client. So it's a completely different. These are Academy trains through Silver State Law Enforcement Academy uh, officers and they're um, geared different. They look different. They're more tactical looking and they're they're definitely a higher level security, even though we didn't want to go down that road and do general security. The way we're doing it is just, you know, it's it's a higher level of security officer than you see in a general security situation. It's not yeah. Paul Blart, the ball cop. Yeah, type of guy. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, and and so we're picking up accounts that that can afford mm-hmm. to pay you know a thirty to thirty five dollar an hour per rate instead of twenty two to a general security company. Right. Now you said you kind of you you phased yourself out of there. How did you get into the fitness stuff? Now you've been doing that for a long time too. What? Yeah. I I I, I think the the point I want to make is that, like from a business perspective. Um, these are two things that are completely different focuses. Right. And if I've learned anything in business is that that's, that's the death knell, you know, to any yeah. business is when you're not focused on one thing, sure. yet you've magically managed to excel at both of these. And when I mean excel, I mean, again, you're the, the biggest, you know, training team in Nevada yep. and yeah. also this really high speed security business as well. How do you, how did you get into, I guess the next question is how do you get into the fitness thing and how do you manage both? Sure. Well, they paralleled each other in the fact that I was a bodybuilder. I started working out with weights as I was doing martial arts at 15 and a half. I loved bodybuilding. I wanted to, I bought Arnold Schwarzenegger's encyclopedia of bodybuilding. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Right. And, and I love it to this day. I love looking at that yeah. book, but, um, and, and so bodybuilding was something that I wanted. I wanted to just be a big guy. I was a thinner, thinner kid. And, um, so when I was, I, I worked out from 15 to 27 to try to do a bodybuilding show. It was the first time I, I stepped on the stage when I was 27 years old. But at the same time I had met uh, a woman, she's the mother of my children, her name is Suzette. She, uh, was just, she was a gymnast and she was just super genetically gifted. Yep. And I trained her. She stepped on stage one year and three months after we had our, our boy and won the LA bodybuilding championships overall. Oh my gosh. And yeah, right after having the baby, a year and three months after having the baby. And then she was a personal trainer. She actually liked doing personal training. So then we started training her clients for competitions. I was just doing it on the side while I owned my security company. Gotcha. And so um, I always loved training people, but I didn't really make it a business until about 10 years ago. I actually started a, a company called Sculpt. That was my original company. Mm-hmm. It was Sculpt Pro- Personal Training. And the very first client I got at LVAC, uh, which is Las Vegas Athletic Club, for those of you who don't live in Vegas, yeah. um, it uh, it was a, a lady, Cynthia, uh, Cynthia Glickman. And she... I trained her for a little while. I'm like, let's do a, a competition. And so she did a figure competition. You had the body for it. And, um, and then I, then I took off from there and I, I sculpted was a, a competition team, but a small one. And about four and a half, five years ago, I switched to platinum physiques and I decided to blow the doors off of it and make it a big company. So I worked hard to do that. Meanwhile, the security company that I had was just growing you know, at a, at a slow pace. And then it started to build up and I have a partner there who helps me with a lot of that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, the platinum physiques is me, 
by myself, and then I have people that work with me. Jan Griscom, who's one of my my partners, but uh, Jan's a that's a whole story for another day. But yeah. she's such an incredible woman. Yeah, amazing, incredible. I'd love for you to do a story on her. She yeah. was just absolutely an amazing woman, and the things she's been through, and how brilliant she is, is is a is a great story on its own. Now I don't know your your partner in the bodyguard business. Yeah. <clears throat> I do know Jan. Yeah. Um, if I can make an observation, it would be that you surround yourself with some pretty special people. Right. Because there's Jan, and I know there's some others there that we were yeah. just talking that are your tier tier one yeah. support people, right? Yeah. Uh, do you is that intentional or is it just accidental? Well, I think that you know God puts a lot of people in our lives. You know, like uh, you and I meeting is a very special God God thing. You know, I mm-hmm. you know, and what you find though, and I know that everybody's experienced the same thing. How many people that really are in your life that you can actually really trust? Right. And Kyle uh, Hardy, who's my business partner, we went through some things. I we built a bodyguard team for another company. Um, I ended up going to Canada, and that's where I ended up in Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada, on a bodyguard job. Where I used to live for where many years. Where I used to live, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's an insane story on its own. Because Kelowna's yeah. not that big. By no, the way. those of you who don't know uh, <clears throat> about Kelowna, um, but but Kyle. I had a big bodyguard team and I ran it on my own. There was 12, uh, 12 guys that we trained for. We did bodyguard work for Mike Tyson and all uh, different celebrities in town in Las Vegas and the ones that came into town. And when I went away, they, the three of the guys um, that I trained all of them to be bodyguards, mm-hmm. um, they took over the, the uh, management of the bodyguard team. I was gone for a while. When I came back, I had no intention of being the leader again. I wasn't going to step back in and lead. Those are the three guys that were leading. And I purposely put them, uh, it's a long story, but I put them in a situation where I wanted to see what they would do with just a little bit of money. And only one of them came through. One of them came through with flying colors. And um, it was a a little bit of a test that I did just Mm because I wanted to see, okay, who's the loyal one? Right. You know, who's the one who will have your back when it comes to money? Right. You know, and he was the one. He not only did the right thing, but he did the right thing plus 10. Wow. Okay. I mean, this guy is incredible, right? So to this day, and this is a long time ago. This is now, gosh, I couldn't even tell you, at least 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So... After a couple years after that, you know, he was struggling a little bit. And I said, Hey, I said, let's start a security business. I said, so, so we started the security business together because the trust that I had, the faith that I had in him, you know, I have that kind of faith in Jan, Mm -hmm. you know, I have that kind of faith in, you know, in, in my wife and I have that kind of faith in you Mm -hmm. because you just, you learn the integrity of someone. And when it comes to money and it comes to a lot of things, you know, the conversation that you had with uh, me about, about women, Mm -hmm. you know, and saying, look, you know, I, I've, you know, I've shot thousands of women and I haven't slept, I don't sleep with them. No, That tells me a lot about your integrity. You know, that's what I, that's the, the, the people who you want to surround yourself with, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was a blessing that God put us together, put Jan and I together, Kyle and I together, but we also, you know, we have to, we weed out the people that aren't going to, you know, we know they're not going to work. I've had many people that tried to go into business with me, but their intentions were wrong because they wanted to be with the girls and all that kind of stuff. 
And I cut them out very quickly. And the people who have integrity, who you can trust, they're going to do the right thing are the ones that you end up with. Yeah. And I, I see that in my own experience in business. There's been many times that there's been great people that I've worked with, uh, wanted to do something with. <clears throat> but when it came down to, in fact, I've started businesses with people. And I, I've started when I was younger and started a business, uh, start going down one direction. When the money starts flowing in, that's where that's where the the problems you know everybody was up for the work everybody's excited at the start when the money starts coming in how that money gets spent how that uh, perceived power or success is you know like i'm not out there buying lamborghinis and going to the bar you know that's not what i'm doing you know and uh I'm, i'm staying focused you know we're on a high right now but there's going to be lows there's going to be problems you know you you know you take care of the business right sure. and and so you see uh there's two times give somebody power give them money <laughs> you're going to see what they're all about and also conflict right how you uh how you how you both deal with a conflict is really the measure of any relationship absolutely is how you go through conflict nobody has to you don't have to do a lot to prepare for the good days yeah you have to prepare for the times when there's going to be temptation or problems. And, and if you got that, uh, then I think you got something pretty powerful. Sure. Absolutely. Now you've, uh, you've written a book and we're not here obviously pushing anything, but I just want to give some scope as to what you're doing with platinum physiques. You've written a book. Tell us a little bit about that book. Yeah. So I wrote a book. It's called the Haley method. My last name is Haley. It's H E A L E A. It's on Amazon. Um, I, you know, uh, wrote this book originally, my um, what I do for competitors is I build a perfectly aesthetic physique for competition. Mm-hmm. So I wanted competitors and other people to have the knowledge on how to safely sculpt their physique. Okay, go back and say that word again. Yes, word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how to safely, yeah. um, you know, sculpt the physique yeah. um, in a, in a in a safe way. And the reason why I say that is because there's so many. Um, crazy things out there today supplement wise as well as as well as crazy programs that just tear it's the a body sport down. of extremes it is it is sure. and 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 oftentimes what you see and i've seen it you know being being a, a journalist in that industry for many many years i've seen many generations come and go being a fan of the sport since i was 14 years old uh and then getting to know many of the athletes the top athletes in the world intimately well uh you know you see the other side of it that the rest of the world doesn't see and there is a tremendous amount of misinformation out there a lot of stuff is based Based on you know I've seen, I don't know how many competitors I've seen that they go and do their first show they go do their second show and then by the third show they've already got a team and they're coaching people right. yeah. and and the reality is they know what they did they don't necessarily know why they did what they did but they know what they did and the solution to everything is do more cardio eat less food and take more drugs and that's usually yes. what inexperienced people throw at physique sports right. and so we're seeing more and more people starting to die yep. and having health issues and things like that and that was mm-hmm. one of my issues with it and the approach I took was very much an old school method because it was about longevity for myself as an athlete, as a powerlifter and bodybuilder, and then getting into MMA and like that. It was all about being uh, healthy and sustaining that, not just getting there and peaking for the show, but what do you do after the show? And what if you want to do another show? And sure. and how do you do that? And that the the safe, uh, you know, the safe and, and logical way to do that um, doesn't look the same. It looks better on stage over time. Uh, you might be able to get ready for one show, yeah. 
but your life oftentimes falls apart after that your body and your life right and so with and that's what i wanted to sort of talk to you a little bit about is that safe method what is that what is that what does that mean to you when you say that word to do it in a safe way? Yeah. So, so a lot of programs, uh, you know, and you hit it right on the head. I mean, there's definitely a lot of people out there that they do a show, they do one competition or two and they become an expert and they don't know like a man, you know, that's never trained any women before now trying to, you know, train women for competitions has no idea of what they're doing. Um, they build a body that's not aesthetic. You know, it, it's, it's, it looks like a guy's physique. I can tell you, I can look on the stage and I can tell you which women have been trained by guys. <laughs> exactly. I absolutely right? can do that. Yeah. But the, but really it's about, it's about training them safely and letting their body grow at a, at a, a rate that is safe for them to have long term. Mm-hmm. I always tell my athletes like, look, you know, we could get you, we could get you much bigger and leaner in a very first competition if that's what you wanted to do, but unsafely, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You need to put in your dues, yeah. you know? And so um, uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit about one of my, my favorite clients. I have uh, many beautiful clients, but Annie, Annie uh, Breyer, Henry, mm-hmm. her last name is Henry now. She got married to a very good friend of mine, by the way. He's mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing person. But um, Annie was a 114-pound little bikini competitor when I met her she trained with another coach and and uh she she I don't think she placed in the top five her first competition with me in bikini um she was she was 114 pounds when I met her a uh, little bikini girl and she wanted to be she's a police officer she wanted to be this big girl you know and so <laughs> um so I slowly over the last she's been with me five years now she's competing in a month um at the Jay Cutler and she is a solid 145 pounds now it's like, wow, you know, that's, that's, that's 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's probably put on 32 pounds of muscle over five years. That's still pretty fast. But how tall is she? She's I'm, five I'm, foot seven and a half. Yeah. But here's the thing. Okay. So, so I've met her and I, it, yeah, she's a beautiful yeah. girl and so yeah. sweet and she yeah. looks amazing. Like she's got so much potential. Right. And so the, the, sometimes what happens with, uh, um, bodybuilding coaches is they throw a lot of drugs at someone mm-hmm. and it will, and the, uh, a lady will actually look like a man or, or sound like a man very quickly. You talk to any of my champion competitors, figure bikini competitors, women's uh, uh, physique competitors, none of them have the deep voice. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're taken at a pace mm-hmm. that is the correct pace to protect themselves from not only looking and sounding like a man, but also in protecting their ligaments, joints, and tendons from growing too ridiculously fast and also get the, you know, so the safety is in putting in your dues, doing it right, mm-hmm. not going too extreme because I can tell you, I train many uh, competitors that come from other situations will say, and they they had burned out adrenals mm-hmm. because they over, you hit it right on the head, underfed, overtrained, over cardioed. They got on stage, but now their adrenals are just screwed. Yeah. Excuse my language. And, yeah. and now, you know, bringing them back from that is hard to do and we do it, but um, there's many horror stories out there. So you have to find somebody who's got experience. I say all the time, look, if you're going to hire a coach, Go out there and look at the results of their clients. If you want to be a bikini girl, look at the results of how many clients, bikini competitors, that person put on stage. Look at their stories, not what that coach says. Mm -hmm. Look at the stories 
of the ladies that I work with and what they're saying. Yeah. That's what you go off of. And there's only one other guy in the country that I'm aware of that takes that similar approach. And he's a guy, he's a very close friend of mine for many years and he lives in the Bay area, but it's just, uh, you know, one of his issues is just like you're screaming into the wind because there's so much of that other influence there. And, and, and I, I'm, I, I don't know if this happens to you, but I can guarantee you it does because it happens to everybody. When you get a really good athlete, you work them, you bring them along, they go out, they do really well at a show. Invariably, there's going to be one of these other coaches that comes up and tries to steal that person away. Absolutely. And that's that's one of his biggest pet peeves in, in the industry too. And, and some of them go, you know, some of those some of those go. And then most of them, in his case, most of them come back because they realize that, no, nah, this is stupid. I look great before. I look better before when I did it uh, the the safe way, you know, the, he calls it the safe and sane way. Okay. Right. But you would do it the safe way. You look way better that way. You feel better, yes. you know, and then this other guy is going to, you know, but, but it's just, they, they just throw more drugs at the problem and, and less food and more cardio. Right. And you feel like crap. You look like crap. Your life's miserable yeah. and you know, you can't think straight and then you go do the show and you don't look as good and you certainly can't hit your peak. And as a journalist, I covered all the pro shows for Oxygen Magazine every year. We did that for 15 years and all the top, top national shows. And so I'd see a girl peak at the nationals and then it, you'd never see her hit that condition again as a pro. Right. You know, or they do a pro show and they do really, really good. And then they try to do two others trying to qualify for the Olympia and they can never hit their peak more than once a year, you know, without a long Correct. break. And and right. that's, that's that, that crazy formula, yep. Yep. you know, and it's so prevalent out there. And then finding somebody that does take, like I say, there's only two guys, you and Kevin are the only two that I know that take that approach, you know? And so it's, uh, I applaud you for it, man. And you know, the girls that you work with, you've got so many good athletes, yeah. you know, and, and, but they look just as good in the off season as they do at showtime, you know? Yeah. And I think you actually spoke about this a little bit earlier, you know, after competition. Now I wasn't as good as this and I'm good at it now, but even four or five years ago, the post stuff, mm -hmm. you know, really trying to say, look, you know, one of the, one of the things that I learned is you have to give an athlete a, uh, uh, a certain, point that they can get to and stay there for an, for an example, if a, a competitor steps on stage at 125 pounds, I have to, I figure out their exact body fat and what their healthy body fat should be and what that weight looks like. And I say, this is how we're going to get back to this. Mm -hmm. This is the plan. And then we're going to have a, a little bit of a, a, between 135 and 140 is really your healthy weight. Let's not go over that. Let's stay right in here so that you're comfortable, you're healthy. And I give them that now where I knew I didn't do that before, but now they know right where they should be. And so it takes the guesswork out of if it because they can go if crazy after. If you manage the off season, yeah. you're, you're, you, you have less headaches getting ready for a show. Absolutely. Like I even stopped calling it off season. Yeah. I just started calling competition season because yeah. you're always yeah. in bodybuilding and fit physique sports. If mm -hmm. once you get to that national level, when it's, when everybody's got good genetics, yeah. you know, <clears throat> you can't just go in there and yeah. be the one that's, you know, built that way. Yeah. Uh, but when everybody's got good genetics and you're competing on the fine details, there is no off season. You mm -hmm. can't stop. You're, you're an athlete all year round. Mm -hmm. There's a time when you get ready for you're prepping for a show but right after the show, you're prepping for the next show. Absolutely. Whether it's a year away or three months away, right? 
and and that, that's just a logical approach. But again, very few coaches approach it that way. Yeah, and you have to, you know, I talk, I I say it's the, it's the building season or the growth season part of your program. The bottom line is is that if you compete in March of this year, and you're going to compete in March of next year, what you do in the off season determines what you look like on stage Bingo. the next year. And you have to have that nice, beautiful off season to sculpt your body to perfection and grow in the right areas and maybe bring areas down. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the hardest things for for anybody to do, or especially women, is that they might be super quad dominant and they and their rear is small. So how do you build a big rear and get their quads to actually stay down? Anna DeLo is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got these beautiful big quadriceps and she's got a nice butt too, but we're building her butt and not getting her quadricep to grow. That's what we're doing right now. Right. And I told her, I said, this Aussie, I just had a talk with her just this last week. I said, listen, Anna, you have got to take this next time and work out with me every single week on these specific body parts so that we can build that body right now that you're going to step on stage in September. Wait till you see the difference in the way she looks in September. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to we be We use Anna. I, I use, she's one of the models that I work with a lot right. for uh, Blessed Bodywear. So yes. uh, actually, yeah. I'll be seeing her very soon. Uh, we want to start working with her again shortly. But... I could talk to you all day, Michael. Yeah, we got to have you back because there's just a whole bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about. Uh, I want to talk to you about the book you're writing. I want to talk about the next big thing you're doing. Uh, yes. The the do we pop the name now? Well, sure, absolutely. It's Platinum Strong. Is that yes, right? that's okay. Correct. Platinum Strong is the next thing that that you're rolling out, and we'll yeah. we uh, you know we we got to have you back soon to talk about that. I, really, love, I that. love spending time with you, man. Love talking to you. Uh, if you want to find out more about Michael, it's, it's uh, PlatinumPhysiques.com or PlatinumPhysiquesLV on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much, sir, for being on the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in a couple of days with another episode of Good Lad Unscripted, the podcast.